Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this day that you blessed us with. Yet another day in the land of the living. And our eyes are upon you. Father, we confess your word. We look up to the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and the earth. He will not suffer our foot to be moved, and he that keepeth us will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is our keeper. The Lord is our share upon our right hand. The sun will not smite us by day, nor the powers of darkness by night. The Lord will preserve us from all evil. He will preserve our soul, our going out, and our coming in. And we confess that from this time forth and even forever. Father, we just want to look up to you this morning. I pray, Father, that Lord, even as we meditate upon your word, that you would anoint us afresh. Speak to us, strengthen us, whatever has been lacking, O Lord Jesus. Father, perfect, O Lord, perfect the gifts that you have given to us. And Lord, in through everything that we do, let your name and your name be exalted and glorified. We thank you, we praise you, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, well, the promise that we received as a church was from Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 18. And we are coming to the end of the year. And uh, we'll have to take stock of things uh, as to how we did it, how did, how did we build our lives. And uh, this particular promise, um, uh, when I when I when we received it as a church, the first of January, um, I had a I mean thirty first night uh, rather, I had a total different connotation. I mean I was thinking about something totally different. Um, uh, my mind was, was was honestly I was totally I actually transformed that entire promise into physical. Used uh, Fourier transform, laptop transform, whatever transform. Uh, I just transformed it into the physical. That's how the, my mind worked. And uh, but God had a different connotation to it completely, 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 completely. And He says, "Let us rise up and build." Let's look at Nehemiah chapter two, verse seventeen and eighteen to get a context as to what. We received as a promise of the church. Then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies in waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. You see, but when you transform this promise into the, into the spiritual, there are two spiritual things that God is interested to build in our lives. What are those? You'll understand you have to build the walls and you have to re-establish uh, re the gates. And Isaiah chapter 60 verse 18 will talk exactly as to what these walls and gates are. <clears throat> 60 verse 18. Violence shall no longer be heard in your land, neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. But you shall call your walls salvation. You shall call your walls salvation and your gates you shall call praise. You see, two important walls <laughs> we literally built. Gates of salvation. Sorry, the walls of salvation and the gates of praise. That's exactly what we did. If you look at the entire um, year, uh, seven or eight, nine months of the year in lockdown. Yeah, absolutely nine months. Eh? Close to, exactly nine months, if you will, uh, in lockdown and uh, uh, rather two-thirds of the year in lockdown and one-third of the year outside lockdown. What we were doing, 
one third of the year we were warned about lockdown and two thirds of the year we were in lockdown. Okay, and in lockdown we had a total different connotation as to what this particular promise uh, meant and we built salvation. And the word for salvation, you know, it's a capital S. Salvation in the Hebrew is Yeshua. We built Yeshua around ourselves. Okay. As for there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Yeshua. Salvation in Christ Jesus. And we also tried to the best of our ability to build the gates of praise. So what is salvation therefore? We know salvation uh, from the Bible. We know it is our salvation being saved from the penalty of our sin. Okay. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 will say that. We know that, we know that verse very well. By grace you have been saved through faith. And it is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. We have been saved from the penalty of sin by the blood of Jesus. Uh, we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us all of our sins. That is the first part in salvation, which possibly is the easier part. Easier part. It's not easy uh, because salvation is to the uttermost, it says in Hebrews chapter 4 or 5, he is able to save us to the uttermost, those who are able to come to him by faith. Now, salvation obviously has got so so many uh, parts. The easier part is to receive forgiveness from sin. The difficult part in salvation is to keep us from sinning. That is, to be saved from the power of sin, the very nature that we have inside of our flesh, the nature to fall, the inclination to to uh, uh, breach the walls, if you will, and go out and and the serpent bites us. This is this is essential of our nature. In Genesis chapter four, we don't have to turn there. Uh, God tells Cain, "Okay, sin is crouching at the door, but you shall master it." And therefore, the the more the more important wall of salvation that, that has to be strengthened in our lives is the ability to fight sin and to overcome sin. Okay, so that is the second part of salvation that uh, is very very important. And what is the, in the in that flesh? The the world is a flesh is 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 a, is a friend of our flesh. The world and the flesh go together. Okay, has, having escaped the corruption in the world through lust. And where is it? It's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Okay, do not love the world, nor the things in the world. Who, if anybody loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We know that. Okay, so the very, so the world with its ideas and its values, all that is in the world. So what are we do? What are we asked to do? Not to conform to the pattern of the world, but we transform by the renewing of our mind. Okay, so that is the next wall, that is the next part of the wall that we, we were supposed to construct and strengthen in our lives is to, to be able to make those strong walls and to keep the world outside and not let it come in. That is another salvation. Okay, yeah, that you should be, you should come out of Egypt and just don't come out of Egypt but you, you stay out of Egypt but you worship me. You are saved out of Egypt to worship me. That um, he, Israel is my firstborn. Let him go that he may take a three-day journey into the wilderness so that he may serve me and worship me. That is our, our ultimate aim is to worship him and serve him and to keep the world outside of our minds and our lives, uh, our lives and our hearts. So value system of the world should not come in. That is the second point in salvation that we wanted to build. 
that we want to build. And what is the ruler of the world trying to, ever trying to do is to, uh, to, to, um, to empower the flesh so that the world can come in. See, uh, so I think it was uh, um, Derek Prince who said this. He said, um, fish on water, absolutely fine. Oh, sorry, ship in water. Ship in water. Ship on water, absolutely fine. Water in ship, <laughs> trouble. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was a very interesting, very simple. No? Ship on water, absolutely fine. Water in ship, trouble. If the water gets into the ship, then it's a problem. Okay, that's exactly what Nova was building yesterday. He was, we were, we was talking about that. He was building on a, he was moved by godly fear, warned of things to come, and build for himself an ark for the what? For the saving, for salvation. Okay, he built something which would stand the judgment which was coming. Okay, so what are we supposed to also build? Build walls in our lives which will stand the onslaught of the judgment which is coming because we know that everything that can be shaken will be shaken in our lives so that only those things which cannot be shaken will remain. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Okay, to, to get the, every part of the world outside of us. Now, if you read through the book of Nehemiah, it's a very interesting uh, interesting. Um, um, pictures that he will use. He says, if you guys don't obey me, okay, and he takes up apron cloth and he dusts it like this. Okay. God will empty you like this, he says. I mean, this is a very interesting <laughs> pictures that he uses. God also is you know, shaking us and getting out all the dust out of our lives. Just the flesh. Okay. Getting the dust out of our lives so that only those things which cannot be shaken will remain. Okay. If you turn with me to Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, and the most important aspect that we have to build is this. Whoever has no rule over his spirit is like a city broken down and without walls. Okay. What is that fundamental thing that we have to learn through lockdown is self-control. Okay. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control, of a sound mind. Okay. So people who do not have self-control, who are they? They are like a city which is broken down and without walls. The ability to say no. Self-control. And therefore he says, God has not given us a spirit of timidity, other translations. Other translations we will use the word, God has not given us a spirit of cowardice. Why is this important? Actually, the Berean Study Bible talks about that. It says, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 says, 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7, you can see that. It's not there in our, uh, uh, in our translations. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or spirit of cowardice. If you turn with me to 1915 of Proverbs. It's a, it's a very, do you have NLT? I don't know if an NLT. Okay. This is, this is lazy person sleeps soundly, soundly and goes hungry, right? You know how the, the Septuagint translation renders this? 
let me read it for you 1915 proverbs pay attention okay covetous is translated as lazy person okay the lazy person is started as covetous covetous or timidity possesses the effeminate man the lazy person is the effeminate man and the soul of the sluggard shall hunger covetous possesses the effeminate man and what do you see <laughs> in this world men who are behaving like women yeah absolutely is there yes we has it okay thank you a slothfulness yeah the slothfulness cast a deep sleep and the idle person will suffer hunger okay covetousness covetousness possesses the effeminate man it says in one translation covetous possesses the effeminate man okay people who are not able to literally speak because speak the truth because are so scared They're so scared to offend. Okay. They're not able to speak because they're so scared to offend people. And the inability of people to take offense. See, free speech means मतलब क्या है? I have the freedom to offend you. That's what free speech means. Right. they want to take away free speech why because ah oh if it offends my feelings no think about it how did we even come into the kingdom of god somebody offended us there is no gospel without offense there is no preaching of the gospel So what has happened? Covetous possesses the effeminate man. It says in Proverbs chapter nineteen verse fifteen, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love, of sound mind. God has given. That means what is the opposite of self-control? According to this, according to the Septuagint Bible, is what covetous. And because there is covetous, people are not building walls. They are absolutely broken down walls, and they don't even realize that the world has come into the church. You know why? Because we have lost the ability to get offended. that's one of the things that i have seen can you be offended hmm? the pastor is so scared to speak what will vijay think oh if i say this i will hurt his feelings <laughs> such are effeminate people okay you now there's a way to deal with uh, girls and men okay girls you have to you know బుజ్జగించి లాలించి ఇన్ తెలుగు దేశాయనం యూ బి కైండ్ కన్సిడర్ యూ స్పీక్ యూ బి ఫామ్ ఎస్పెషలీ గర్ల్స్ హ్యావ్ టు యూ షుడ్ లీవ్ టు ద మదర్స్ టు డీల్ విత్ గర్ల్స్ బికాస్ దే క్రై ఫర్ నో రీజన్ సమ్టైమ్స్ ఐ నో త్రీ ఐ హ్యావ్ ఇన్ మై హోమ్ టూ అట్లీస్ట్ నౌ ఓకే సో బట్ దేర్ ఫీలింగ్స్ గెట్ హార్ట్ బట్ వాట్ అబౌట్ మెన్ యూర్ ఆల్సో ఫీలింగ్స్ గెట్ హార్ట్ ఓకే Covetous possesses the effeminate man. Covetous possesses, and that's exactly what has happened. Covetous has possessed people, and they they are afraid to speak the truths, lest they offend others. Why does why does YouTube deep deep platform? Oh, we are our feelings and our sentiments are getting offended. 
are beginning hurt. You are hurting our prophet. Everybody calls him the prophet. You know that? Even mainstream media calls him the prophet. Who is the prophet? Not Jesus. The Antichrist. The one guy, one Antichrist who denies that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. That God has come in the flesh. Who is that, who is that fellow? Muhammad. They deny it. And what do we do? We deplatform. They have become a protected species. You know that in YouTube? A protected group. You are hurting the sentiments of a protected group. Think about that. That is what has happened in the last days. Hmm? Okay. Walls have been broken, my dear brothers. Cowardice has started possessing people. And they have become effeminate. And what is God is asking us? Build back the walls. Build back those walls. Because strong walls (laughs) make good neighbors, right? You know that? Strong walls make strong countries. Walls. So, today I'm going to talk about workers and warriors. Okay. Workers and warriors. Who will build this wall? You need to be a worker and you need to be a warrior. Both are important. That's exactly what Paul tells Timothy. Soldier, athlete, farmer. Soldier, athlete, farmer. Three, these are the three adjectives he uses. So today we'll talk about being workers and we'll talk about being warriors. So let us go to 2, 2.18 of, of uh, Nehemiah and see what how they uh, address themselves. Look at what he says in Nehemiah 2.18. 2, and I told them of the hand of my God which has, which has been good upon me and also the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, uh, they said, let us... Rise up and build. You know, the fundamental thing in a success of any church as an organization, or, or as an organism, as an organism, not an organization, okay, as an organic entity, the success of any church or any family, okay, is when you have a personal stake in it. Each of them should have a personal stake. You see, even companies know it. Okay, one of, one of my relatives recently he resigned from a company and he moved to another company. Okay, you know how companies keep people these days? They don't give bonuses. They give you shares. 100 shares for you. Why? If, the comp- if you grow and make the profits to the company, the company also gives you. So you go grow together. That means you should have a personal stake in the profiting of the company so that you will be profited by it. I'm telling you, uh, you wouldn't believe it. Amazon had a thousand rupees, as thousand dollars as a share now before lockdown. You know how much it has gone to? Thousand dollars or eight hundred, five hundred dollars? I was talking to somebody in the church the other day, a guy who works on Amazon, and he says now it is fifteen hundred dollars per share. $1,500. And many employees are given shares. So that if you if the company benefits, imagine $1,000 per share. If the guy has got $100, 100 shares, 
how much how many how much money he makes hundred thousand dollars hundred thousand dollars imagine why there's a personal stake and that is how the world looks at it. but you know what in the church it's not like that so many times I've seen over a period of time church is more of entitlement you know somebody made a very interesting statement he said consumption without contribution is equal to entitlement consumption without contribution is equal to entitlement and who do that children most of the time they consume 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 they don't give you anything anything in back in return okay so we should have a personal stake you see unless and until that happens the first attitude of a worker is you know what if the church if i get strong the church gets strong if the church gets strong i get strong you see very important that is so important somebody said strong families make strong churches strong churches make strong family i think warren wheels we said you know he said i want to make a strong church so that i can have a strong family so that i, I want to make a strong family so that i can have a strong church it's very important so everybody has to have a personal the question is do we have do we have a personal stake in this no 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 it's somebody else's but not mine i don't have a personal see personal stake is so important otherwise you will not be emotionally involved with it you understand what i'm talking about okay okay a guy who goes to a cricket match and who wants india to win a guy who's betting on india to win to- totally different he is put his money into that understand It's a total different ball game. My, I now here, if I if my team wins, I'll have some happiness, and you know, here if my team wins, I've got a monetary stake on that. And what does he do? He can do whatever he'll do whatever to do match fixing also. He will fix matches so that you know what there is a personal stake in his team winning. Christian, do we have a personal stake? So that is the first attitude. I'm telling you honestly. I've seen this in my own life. If there is a personal stake in my in my in my lab, for example, if I grow, the lab grows, and the lab grows, I grow. But what happens is most of the time, this total disor- I mean, this uh, this disunity and enemy comes and uh, sows discord. So people are actually don't have any personal stake in the in the strength of the church. You see. Okay. you that is the reason you have to have strong convictions of your own okay now that is the reason you look at what it says we look, look at 414 of nehemiah okay look at what it says we 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 come to this so many times in the last several days we've been looking at this verse and i looked and arose and said to the nobles to the leaders and to the rest of the people do not be afraid of them remember the lord great and awesome and fight for your brothers fight for your sons fight for your daughters fight for your wives fight for your houses he didn't say our 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 he said your 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 let us fight for our houses no fight for your houses fight for your sons if i fight for my daughter i have a personal interest if i do heart and soul for the salvation of my daughter and strengthen that you know what is happening i'm actually listening the burden on the others in the church 
so they can, they can concentrate the resources on somebody else. You see, but on the other hand, if I consume the resources myself, how can I help? You see, you you understand what I'm saying? Let me have a personal stake in this, Lord. thing is that, you know where God has placed all his bets? On the church. All eggs in one basket only. And you will say, hey, that is not good investment planning, Baba. Let us diversify. No. (laughs) All eggs in one basket. And that is banking upon the church. Second thing I looked at, if you look at uh, Nehemiah, we'll not look at all the uh, uh, the entire chapter. We'll look at certain th- things about making of a warrior, uh, of a worker first. Nehemiah chapter 3, it says, people started working, okay? And the one word which keeps occurring through the chapter of Nehemiah chapter 3 is, next to him, next to him, next to him, next to him. 16 times it is mentioned, 16 times the word next to him, next to him, next to him, the phrase comes. Okay. And if you look at other translations, it says, leaning onto him, leaning onto him, leaning onto him. So what, how did the church, it's a, it's a picture of a new covenant church. How did the church, um, how did the walls get rebuilt or the walls of salvation when people started working, leaning on each other, bearing one another's burdens, in other words, strengthening, encouraging one another. Okay. I, that's the reason why I love Apostle Paul. No? Why he says, he says, I, when I come to you, I want to impart some spiritual gift to you, says, so that you may be strengthened. And not only that, so that we may be mutually strengthened by each other's faith, both yours and mine. Great Apostle Paul. See, I was reading somebody, uh, I think I was reading Art Cats in the morning. You know, he says, we all, we, we look for great preachers, great power, power preacher, powerful preachers, powerful workers, power. We don't look for weak preachers, hmm? weak workers. Paul says, I'm weak. And he says, I rather boast in my weakness. You're all power, power, hungry people, <laughs> hungry people. <no? laughs> power, he's such a powerful preacher. Powerful worker. No, that's okay. What about weak preachers? Weak workers. Why? Then we need God and we need each other. It says, leaning on, leaning on, leaning on. Next to him, next to him. In Telugu, it's very, anukoni. Literally, against each other. uh, Shoulder to shoulder, if you will. And then, if you look at the entire chapter, all kinds of people worked. The priest started first. Who started? The high priest. What is he doing? My duty is only to go and preach. The, no, 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 no. Offer sacrifices. No. He also started building. He started. He started building the wall. So they had all kinds of workers. You had uh, goldsmiths. You had masons. You had men. You had women. I'll show you. L- look at verse uh, uh, 8. Very interesting person of chapter 3. Next to him, Uzziel, the son of Harahaya. First is high priest, okay? One of the, what? Goldsmiths made repairs. Also next to him, Haraniah, one of the perfumers. Kya wa Both of them, what? Made repairs. <laughs> Both of them, this is the same job. One was a perfumer and the other was a goldsmith. 
do they go together? I don't know. Did you see a perfume shop and a gold shop next to each other? I don't know. I've never seen that. Or maybe, maybe, or maybe if you go to a gold shop, they'll give you a perfume also. I don't know. But they made uh, repairs and they fortified Jerusalem. All kinds. Another, Nehemiah uh, Nehemiah chapter 3 and verse um, mm, 12. And next to him was Shalom, the son of Halohesh, leader of half the district of Jerusalem. He and his ah, daughters made repairs. I like that. <laughs> See, your daughters also become part. He didn't have sons. He and his daughters. So all kinds of people. Nirrespect over. That means there is work for everybody to do. In the wall. As far as the walls of salvation are concerned, everybody's hand should be upon what? Fighting the world, (laughs) fighting your flesh, and fighting the world in your own home and in your own family, in your own personal life. When you do that, you strengthen the church, fortify the church. That part at least will be strengthened. But there are some people who refuse to work. Why? Because they have nobility. Who are they? The nobles. It's beyond them. 3-5. Okay. 3-5. Look at what it says. Next to them, the Tekoites made repairs, but their nobles did not put their shoulders to the work of their Lord. No, they don't. Because why, 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 why were they, uh, didn't, why did they not put their work to the, for their Lord? Because they were nobles. They're better than the others. We are not like this. Uh, they have, uh, these menial jobs we will not do. Hmm? whatever see but when you look at all these things when you look at the entire passage in the in the book of uh, nehemiah chapter 3 one guy stands out to me okay i look for that one guy and i want to be like him okay one guy everybody worked but one guy everybody worked but one guy so many people work in the church but one guy okay you have daniel Michelle, Azariah, Hananiah. But among them, Daniel. So many apostles, but Paul. (laughs) So many spiritual sons, but Timothy. So many co-laborers, but Timothy. You see, you have so many people who are working, but one guy stands out. Makes a difference completely between uh, heaven and hell, literally. See? And who is this guy? I don't want to look at this one guy. Okay, to take it to heart. Uh, if you can put it in first NKJV, then KJV, then NIV in this order. Okay, first three twenty Nehemiah. After him, Baruch, the son of Zabai, carefully repaired. You see that? Everybody made repairs. This fellow, carefully repaired. That means you took a lot of care. That's the reason why it says, Paul says, I like a wise master builder laid the foundation. I was determined to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. There was a a kind of a carefulness in which he worked. Baruch. Everybody is working, but one guy is working carefully. Second, 
turn with me in the same translation uh, in KJV, please. After him, Baruch, the son of Zabai, earnestly prepared. I like that. One is this careful. There is earnestness. There is a, that means there's a sense of urgency in which he worked. See, this is incredible work ethic, my dear brothers. And I, I, when I, I, when I look at this, I get convicted and I say, Lord, I want to be like this, Lord. I should be what? Careful. I should be earnest. NIV. Next to him, Baruch, the son of Zabai, zealously, though he, there, he was, first, first he was what? Careful. Second, he was diligent. Third, he was zealous. Today, early morning devotion for my children in my school. You know what was the verse? I want to show you that verse. It will fire you up. 1626. You know which one, which book, right? Look at this. Fire up verse. Okay. Different translations will look at it. Okay. The person who labors, labors for himself, for his hungry mouth drives him on. What drives a person who labors? His hunger. Let us look at it in NIV. Hmm. NIV, NISB. The laborer's appetite works for him. <laughs> His hunger drives him on. Another, another NLT maybe. A worker's appetite works for him. For his hunger urges him on. Urges him on. And then, another translation maybe. Okay. It is good for workers to have an appetite. An empty stomach drives them on. Now, this is a very simple proverb when you look at it in one way. Uh, in, 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 in Telugu, there's a saying, no? Koti vidyalu, kuti koroke. In other words, all the skills that you acquire in this world is to fill your stomach. Okay. All the skills that you acquire in this world is only to fill your stomach. Who is your God? Your belly. Okay. See, what your appetite, what drives you is your Appetite. Yeah. Hunger. Okay. What drives you is your hunger. So a lot of people are hungry for not just filling their bank accounts. They are hungry to get appreciation from this world. Like that's the that's difference between a MBA graduate and a PhD. Okay. MBA graduate has one hunger. PhD has another hunger. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? I don't want to go into the details because it will offend a lot of people because I, 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 I have my own opinions about MBA degree, but that's okay. That's fine. I'll not mention those things. Um, because uh, generally marketing programs and all, uh, they are very subjective, I feel. I feel, I feel. There's economy of God is totally different from MBA. Hmm? That is my, my, my personal opinion. And I'm entitled my opinion because I've done so many university degrees. Okay. So, so everybody has his appetite. What is your appetite? That will drive you on. You understand? If you're hungry for the success in this world, that is what drives you on. You're hungry for appreciation from your, your peers. That will drive you on. You want to become the numero uno. That will drive you on. You know what is the hunger for most of the athletes to become the top guy in terms of Grand Slams? Hmm. That is hunger. You know, the hunger for more. 
the more of success success is something which drives them on then it is good for workers to have an appetite and whatever that appetite is that empty stomach drives them on what gives them drive is their appetite so you have a lot of people having different zeals but you know what jesus says in matthew chapter 5 he says blessed are those who hunger and thirst after what what kind of righteousness what is righteousness which kind of righteousness not righteousness which is by works the righteousness which comes from god alone the the glory that comes from god alone we looked at that verse yesterday john chapter 5 verse 44 john chapter 5 verse 44 beautiful verse in the nkjv look at what it says hmm how can you believe you who receive honor from one another do not seek the honor or the glory that comes from the it is not god and god only it is from the only God. There is only one God who can satisfy your all your hungers. And if you do not get glory from that God, what drives you? What drives you? What is that hunger? So you have workers who are working on the wall. Everybody should what? What is the first thing? Everybody should have a what stake? A personal stake. If you do not have a personal stake, my dear brothers, you will all be consumers and not contributors. You see? You should be people who are having a personal stake. If my, if if I win, my team wins. If I, if my team wins, I win. That's what it says, right? If one part of the body gets glory, everybody gets glory. That is what it means. That is the reason why we are connect, we are we are we are, uh, we are compared to a body, right? So, what is what does the guy do? He works with that kind of kind of an attitude. How does he work? He works with zeal. Do we have zeal? Do we have earnestness? Do we have diligence? Do we have carefulness? Careful. Care. Care. You know what care means? That means justice is my plumb line. Plumb line. Okay. Is it coming to exact measure or not? You are scrupulous and meticulous in your work. You are not haphazard. scrupulous and meticulous. You want everything. I mean, you have this attitude that you have to, Lord, to the best of my ability, I want to do it. And how do I do it? Carefully, I do it earnestly. There's a sense of urgency inside of me. John's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 4. You know that verse very well. John 9, verse 4. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. And night is coming. No one can come. Night is working. Night is coming, my dear brothers. Night is coming. No one can work. It will be over. And our works will be tested by fire. And how should I work it? I should work with earnestness. I should work with carefulness. What is careful means? I have to work according to the principles that God has God has given me. Because who's gonna who's gonna judge my work? God. That is the reason why he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's go to 1st Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8 onwards. 1st chapter 8 onwards, okay? Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor, for we are God's fellow workers. Like we, like Pastor said, we are not, we are fellow workers and not hirelings. That was. No? For we are God's fellow workers, we are God's field, you are God's building. And then, verse 10, 
according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and other builds upon it. But let each one take heed as to how he builds. <laughs> For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And then he says, why? Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with good gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for that day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Fire is going to test. Okay. So, I better build carefully. With what? With what in mind? With judgment in mind. Turn with me to uh, 77.6. What is 76? Oh, yeah, because there are only one book which has got more than 66. Okay. okay. Ah, I can you put it in the ESV? ESV, if you remember, I think ESV. Okay. I said, let let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. You know, one translation. You know what it says? It says, I understood your paths of judgment very carefully. How? Ah, very carefully. I made a diligent search as to how you judge. I made a diligent search as to how you judge. See, in every any competition, whom should you please? The judge, yeah. Exactly. The empire should be absolutely clear. It is not like uh, 2020 or test match we can review called DRS. Empire decision is Ah, final. Those days I liked very much. Now we have DRS review, decision review system, all that nonsense. Okay. Empire has to be satisfied. You have to play according to the rules and therefore, how should I please my judge? You, especially if you in competitions like uh, gymnastics and all these people, you have six or seven judges, right? And uh, they'll give you an average. Right? You have to satisfy the judge. Okay. So you have to carefully build. And that is, that is the reason why so many people build and one guy's work, you have to take him out and you see how this guy is working. How is he working? With diligence, with carefulness and with what? Zeal. There is zeal. There is fervency. That is what it says in Titus chapter 2, right? Turn to Titus chapter 2. Hmm? Titus chapter 2 verse 11 to 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our Jesus Christ, our, our Savior, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. Title chapter 3 will say, to be careful in doing that which is good. Zealous, carefulness, both will come. Careful, zealous, there should be zeal. Okay, There should be wisdom and there should be zeal. Both are important. The zeal without wisdom is, is taking you nowhere. Okay, Wisdom without zeal is not help. It will not help you. You will just become an armchair critic. You will be become what we call as reviewers. Not makers. Ah, we will review. 
क्रिटिक मूवी मेकर पीपल मेक्सन लॉट ऑफ पीपल कैट इरीटेटेड विद रिव्यूअर्स this fellow put so much of money and so much of talent so much of effort to make a movie and everybody will go and watch the movie based upon a, a review <laughs> okay that is what is called wisdom without zeal so you should take the review into account and also be zealous both is both is important zealous for good works and another thing i want to point out today okay let's turn to nehemiah chapter ha huh, 5 7 sorry 7 verses 1 and 2 then it was when the wall was built and i had hung the doors when the gatekeepers and the singers and the levites had been appointed then i gave the charge of jerusalem to my brother hanani why because when hanani came he told the consider the situation of of jerusalem that means he has a burden and then and hananiah the leader of the citadel i gave the in- uh, charge of jerusalem to hananiah the leader of the citadel for he was a faithful man and feared god oh more than many i like that okay it's interesting no all of us compete we have a sense of competition we come to the come through the worldly system somewhere or the other we have a sense of competition inside of us we should be better than the others okay right now how about taking a competition as to fearing god more than others peter and i competition what is a competition we will sing better than each other i will lead worship better than him he will sing better than me is giving examples how about peter i'll fear god more than you and he will say no 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 i will fear god more than you have you ever even thought about these things i told you i tell you that this is this is very important for us see all these things single out i mean i'm i look at all i'm by the way all of these people are building jerusalem by the way they were interested in rebuilding jerusalem baruch was one guy who had a different attitude and hananiah had another attitude what is the attitude he was a man of integrity faithful man it says other translations and he feared god more than most some other translations more than most in other words if i see because it's it's like this no jesus is looking through all the world and the devil comes have you considered ah my servant job in all the earth there is no one like him who fears god eschews evil and he is blameless and upright in my sight wow what a what a tremendous encouragement for all of us an exhortation lord i should fear god the most in my church can we have a competition like that what do you say dr richard look ek hai can we have a competition like that i will fear god more than you but who's who's going to give us that give us that uh, commendation ah god so that is that is the reason why our secret life is so important what we do in secret it is in our secret whether we will know whether we fear god or not 
You see, it's like it's like this. No, we, we we sometimes say we should not compare each other. We should not compare. But these areas you should compare, and should exhort be exhorted from by one another. Why are why are these things mentioned in the Bible otherwise? Those people in Macedonia were nobler than you. In great poverty, they gave more more than you. You shameless fellows. In other words, what are you doing? Everything is going well with you. You know you are behaving like kings. What are you doing? Oh, you should not compare like that. Really? I'll show you some comparisons in the Bible. One autobiography. Okay. And you'll say, what vanity? Look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 9 onwards. For I am the least of the apostles. If, If I were Paul, possibly I would have put a full stop over there. Okay, or maybe I would put a full stop uh, in chapter in verse nine and uh, skip the rest of the chapter. Uh, skip the rest of the uh, verse ten. I would have skipped. Okay, for I am the least. I'm, I'll become a ESV translation. Okay, I'll just put uh, verse ten in brackets. Not there in the original. I'll, maybe I don't know. <laughs> okay, but by see, look at it. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Full stop. But. By the, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than all day. Bah! Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Yesterday, Peter and I were discussing. They are saying, I went to Jerusalem, Peter, uh, Paul, Peter says, and when I looked at all these pillars in the church, James and John and all these guys, I showed my case. This is my gospel, I said. And you know what they said? They added nothing. You say, what vanity, what pride? That's a fact. You see? Hananiah, the guy who feared the God the most. So in other words, Nehemiah is looking at all the people and have to put somebody who is in charge of Jerusalem. Generally, I would say Baruch should be the guy because he's got a lot of zeal. And then you know what he says? No, no, no. Baruch has got a lot of zeal, he's got a lot of carefulness, he's got a lot of diligence, etc. But Hananiah fears God more than him. Kya baat? What a what a lesson to be learned, my dear brothers, in the building up of the wall. These are how we have to exhort one another. This is the worker, the one who fears God. Just imagine, no? If your pastor can give you a recommendation letter for you, for if your if your organization, if your company says, get a recommendation letter from your pastor. In other words, <laughs> Pastor Garu, if you are the CEO of the company, would you would you employ your uh, congregation member? That is the recommendation letter, no? Basically, what is the recommendation letter? Put yourself in my place, Pastor Garu, and employing one of your congregation members. And I'm keeping him in charge of this section of the of my organization. What do you think? That is what recommendation letter is. What is reference letter? Why do you need a reference letter from a, from a professor? One guy is going from one lab to another lab. Okay, I'm employing your uh, researcher. If you are in my place, would you employ him? Is another question. So then what is, what is another peer saying? Yes, yes, yes. 
if he would have continued his phd with me i would have given him great uh, money and kept him here but he wants to go to greener pastures okay and if he wants to if you want to employ him there yes he will be a fantastic asset to your organization and i can watch for you and that is the reason why most of the letters are what reference letters are what sealed hmm we used to beat the system when we were in college we used to apply for five universities okay one university was fraud university in those days we have to mail in the reference letters ourselves so but you know what the professor used to do he used to take the reference letter put a seal nicely stick it up and put the seal of the university on that so that if you open it they will know so what we do what would we do we would apply to only four and fifth one would be a fraud university so what would we do we will send these four four letters nicely but we will take reference letters from five or six professors and the fifth one will be ours open 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 see what is written great student some people will be very honest brutally this fellow waste fellow <laughs> don't have him there then you'll say no 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 this is not going to give me a chance for my admission so what will you do suppress that all this fraud has been going on right from the beginning and where is it happening in the iits only it is happening not anywhere else the best organization in the country okay so this is what i'm talking about you saying you know what if i were to employ somebody what would god look at he feared god more than most so look at some of the comparisons in the bible you want to see some comparisons turn to philippians chapter 2 verse 19 you see but i trust in the lord to send timothy to you shortly that i also may be encouraged when i know your true state or your state for i have what no one like minded think about it paul you will be discouraging all your other brothers if you and you will become proud you have to save timothy and you have to encourage other brothers also did he say that think about it no if somebody is appreciated in the church other than you how will you take it in front of you mhm mm he says i have no one like minded who will sincerely care for your state in other words if i am sending timothy i am sending myself that's what he says just as the father sent me i sent you that means disciples if you are going is as if i am going and if disciples are sending somebody Do you see this comparisons? Do we get convicted and say lord make me like this? See that is a, that is where we have to have competition. People compete to become better than the others in ostensible things. But in fearing god where nobody sees in giving in secret in praying in secret in fasting in secret You see these things are very very important in our my dear brothers ultimately hananiah 
is commanded by none other than Nehemiah himself. And I was talking about uh, Nehemiah the other day. The only autobiographical text in the entire Bible, you know what it is? The book of Nehemiah. I, 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 I. The only book in the entire Bible where I is exalted. Because that I is not high, it is God. Interesting observation, by the way. Just think about those things. No one like-minded. And look at what it says. And he compares with others. Verse 20, 21. For all see their own. Kya baat hai? Not the things which are of Christ Jesus. But you know his what character? Proven character. You see. So we all talk about anointing. I need anointing. I need powerful anointing. I need to be powerful preacher. What about powerful character? See, one man of God said, your character is your anointing. What you are imparting to people is what the life which is flowing through you, which is essentially your character. What if your anointing is directly proportional to your character? How much will that be? God is merciful, no? Somewhere, sometimes we, sometimes we have more anointing than most people, which we cannot even handle. So He just gives us anointing for a particular period of time. After that, He withdraws. Why to protect us? Yes, yes, yes. Only who's and ours should come. <laughs> See, because this is all self-examination, brothers. We are, you know, why? Because we are building a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And what is important, this, this is what I'm talking about, this is just not people outside the world. These are the people who have been stirred by the Spirit of God, who have left the things in Babylon. They have left the world. It is not like the exodus from Egypt to the promised land. It is the exodus from Jerusalem, sorry, from, from Babylon to Jerusalem. These are the people who are interested in building up, the, building up Jerusalem, who are interested in the ba- things of God, who forsook all those comforts in the, in the world and who are interested in building Jerusalem. And these people, God says, in among all these people, there's one guy called Hananiah who fears God the most among when, when compared to all the exiles who returned to Jerusalem from Babylon. Think about that, my dear brothers. Understand that. He proven character that as a son with his father, he served me in the gospel. In other words, he persevered with me. And to him, Paul could write anything. He could write certain things which possibly will offend me. Why is he writing like this to a sincere son? (laughs) You should encourage him. But he's scolding him. First scolding, second scolding I called it. First Timothy, second Timothy. (laughs) We Titus, you had only one scolding maybe, I don't know. (laughs) But Timothy, he he could send two letters. I like that. Just not one letter. I mean, I'm not comparing Titus and Timothy. Please don't get me, get me wrong, okay? I, I'm not, I'm just saying, guy couldn't handle double scolding. Judas, leave her alone. He, she has done it for my burial. The poor are always with you. What, what did he get? He got offended. And after that, immediately, what entered into him? Satan. Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. He didn't even call him Peter. He looked at Peter and he told the disciples. That's what it says in Mark. (laughs) He looked at Peter and he told the disciples, get behind me Satan. And what does Peter say? Where can we go Lord? 
you have the works of look at that man what an attitude people can, who can handle double scolding lord make me a guy who are who's like that a guy who can handle double scolding no matter how much scolding i will take it and my skin will be thick enough i will not get offended hmm proven character that as a son of his father because i'll tell you lot of people call father father if you want to look at it in our church context papu papu they will say elisha said my father my father the chariots of israel and his horsemen but you know what the mantle of elijah fell upon him why from gilgal to bethel to i to jericho to jordan east jordan west persevered for the anointing oh do you know how your master is going to be taken away today please okay i know i know i know only one guy gets the anointing ultimately and there will be another guy called joash he has got a lot of josh for how many times three times you see that's why there is elisha and there is others this will also calls my father my father <laughs> the chariots of israel and its horsemen strike how many times he doesn't ask one two three enough okay am i passed you see very important see because we we have a tremendous in, in uh, this flesh is so weak i'll tell you we, we get so easily offended okay we get so easily offended and let us handle that let us be in competition to fear god the most that is only secret now it is only between god and you just using those terms because you'll understand Okay, don't start making little competition. How much do you fear God? There's nothing called as fear. Fear, fear God-o-meter is not there. Only God knows. Okay, but that is what I'm talking about. Meekest man on earth. You are so meek, Moses. Write it. I am meek. क्या बात है? And that is not going to get into his head. I mean, I'm telling you honestly. I really get stunned with those statements. Are really, really stunning for for me. Okay, understand these things. Okay, so that is a worker. is diligent is careful is zealous and he fears god the most and he's hungry what is his hunger i'll show you hmm turn to john's gospel chapter 4 please i'll tell you the hunger that you need to have verse 31 431 onwards in the meantime his disciples urged him saying rabbi eat but he said to them i have food to eat of which you do not know even if i don't even tell you you see my hunger is something which drives me yes but my hunger is not like your hunger if i tell you something be careful of the leaven of the pharisees and the sadducees oh we did not carry bread what is the comparison baba All, you all you can think about is food uh 
if you drink of the water that I give you, you will thirst no more. You will not thirst again. Uh, there is no bucket in your hands. And the well is so deep. You see, we are so physical beings, you see. We are such physical beings. What drives us is a total different hunger. And that is the reason why you know, Warren B.S. Calls, calls us, calls, uh, he makes a statement in uh, Being Servants of God. He says, is your ministry punishment or nourishment? It's a very powerful statement. Does it nourish you or punish you? I went to Gideon's, no? They, they called me. The first statement I, I made to them. You're shocked when they, <laughs> when they heard that statement. I said, is your ministry in Gideon's punishment or nourishment? So they did not they did not know what to answer. Some people did not know the Christians said they somebody some people honestly said it is punishment. See for, for if you if you think ministry has become punishment for you, you are in the wrong job. You should just leave. Okay. Therefore the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought any, him anything to eat? See how they how they immediately compare it with food. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. That is how I want to work. That is my hunger. 1626 of Proverbs, underline it in your Bible and, and meditate upon it day and night. 1626 Proverbs, a person who labors, labors for himself for his hunger or hungry mouth <laughs> drives him on. What drives you is your hunger, my dear brothers. And what is his hunger? To do the will of God. When will I be satisfied? When I do the will of God. If anyone wills to do his will, then he will know. Understand that. Okay. So much to workers. Let us come to warriors. Okay. Let's go back to Nehemiah. Chapter 2. Verse 17 onwards, 17 to 20. No, 18 to 20. Let us read from 18 to 20. Okay. <clears throat> and I told them of the hand of my God which had been good upon me and also the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. They set their hands to this. What work? Good work. I like that. It's just not work. It is good work. Because building the walls of salvation and praise is the good work. We have to be a set of people who are zealous for Good works. Okay. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. For doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for, for instruction in righteousness. So that the man of God can be equipped and, can be thoroughly equipped and prepared for every good work. And what is this good work over here? Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 18. To build the walls of salvation and to rebuild the, establish the gates of praise. And verse 19. Immediately there is opposition. Thank God. No? How do you know that your work is good when you face opposition? You should face opposition, my dear brothers. Then you know you're on the right track. Okay. Your flesh will anyways oppose. People around also should oppose. There should be a kind of stirring that should going on, should, that should be going on. Who are these fellows? The spirit of Sanbalat and Tobiah. Okay. But when Sanbalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard of it. They laughed at us and despised us and said, 
But you know what this guy Tanbala, turn with me to, oh yeah, I think you should go to Nehemiah chapter 2, if I'm right. Just hold on, I'll tell you the exact verse. Nehemiah, just before I go there. Uh, actually, verse 10, 2.10, please, 2.10. When Sanbalat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite. See, Ammon and who go together? Ah, so Sanbalat is a Moabite basically. The Horonite, Horon is a place in Moab. Okay. Sanbalat the Moabite and Tobiah the Ammonite, official heard of it. They were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. <laughs> How they were disturbed? They were not just ordinarily disturbed. They were deeply disturbed. They went into shok mode. Shok. Na? Shok matlab jante na? They went into mourning mode only. They were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. How many people? One man. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to make a bunch of people who will become ah, one man. Thank you. That's the point. This is not just one man show. It starts with one man. But what is he doing? He is making others into one man. That is a, that's, a, that's the, that's the attitude of a leader. Okay. Stir up people so that they'll catch the vision. We'll all do it. They'll be Baruchs. They'll be Hananias. And they'll be rest. So that's, there's a class average. And there's a topper. Topper has got nothing to do with the average, by the way. Do you know that? Topper is the cut above the rest. That is what is called as holy. What is holy means? He is cut above the rest. He is set apart. There is a topper and there is an average. In every class. And therefore in every church. Ah. You see, my dear brothers, let us take these things to heart no? and say, Lord, make me that. Okay, anyways, let's move on. They were deeply disturbed that a man had come to seek the well-being of the children of Israel. What is he doing? He is not interested in his own well-being, by the way. You know, he worked us for 12 years as the governor of, uh, of, uh, of Jerusalem. I'll show you. Turn to Nehemiah chapter 6, please. Nehemiah chapter 6. chapter oh sorry yeah actually chapter 5 4 4 5 5 5 chapter 5 and verse 14 yes thank you Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, from the 20th year until the 32nd year of the king Artaxerxes, how many? For 12 years, neither I, nor my brothers, who was our brother? Hanani, who was became, who became the what? The governor of Jerusalem. Ate at the governor's, the governor's provisions. Look at what it says, verse 15. But the former governors who were before me laid burdens on the people and took from them bread and wine besides 40 shekels of silver. 
even yes even their servants bore rule over the people but i did not do so because of the ah because of the fear of god so we know even hanani was a guy who feared god how do we know he feared god i did not take anything for my work nehem i should fire you up let's hmm? move see attitudes i'm not talking about um, ostensible work we are just talking about building character am i right because character and anointing have to go together if they are, our character and our anointing are proportional to one another it's great man okay let's move on okay verse 16 yeah indeed i also continued the work on this wall and we did not buy any land all my servants were gathered uh, uh, all my servants were gathered there uh, uh, gathered there for the work all my servants were gathered there for the work and at my table were 150 jews and rulers besides those who came to us from the nations around us they ate at my table now that which was prepared daily was one ox six choice sheep also several chickens once every 10 days an abundance of all kinds of wine yet in spite of this i did not demand the governor's positions because a bondage was heavy on this people and he says verse 19 remember me o god for good according to all that i have done for this people this is autobiography my dear brothers and what is he saying why were sanballat and tobiah so deeply disturbed because there's one guy who came with this kind of an attitude Turn to First Thessalonians chapter two, verse three onwards. For our exhortation did not come from error or uncleanness, nor was it in deceit. But as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tests our hearts. And verse five. For neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness. Whose witness? God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from men, either from you or from others, when we might have made demands as apostles of Christ. And then, but we were gentle among you, just as nursing mother cherishes her own children. How many mothers you have seen? Pay me for giving you breakfast today, Abigail. Where is the bill for today's breakfast? Think about that. I mean, you should compare that. I gave you milk. Give me money. Father will say, "I, I did all this. Give me." Will he? Will he do that? You know, Paul says the parents are supposed to leave an inheritance for the children, but not the other way. Why were Sanballat and Tobiah so deeply disturbed because of one man who had this attitude? What should our prayer be? Lord, make me that man, man. You know, Paul makes some startling statements. He says, "My wages is to preach the gospel without expense." What a statement that is, my dear brothers! What a statement that is, and he's got the audacity to write it. that is autobiography to to pray and to preach the gospel without expense is my is my salary he says wow 
and no wonder that powers of darkness trembled whenever he went everybody even the powers of darkness confessed who are these fellows the servants of the most high god sambalat and tobaya were deeply disturbed everywhere paul paul went the powers of darkness were and they just not disturbed are deeply disturbed you see they were deeply disturbed babba ochadra babidu this fellow he is going to put the he was literally he was going to turn the world right side up it is upside down he is going to make the world right side up now so was it so affectionately longing for you we were pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of god but our own lives because you had become dear to us my dear brothers look at this attitude and verse 10 verse 9 and look at this is for you remember brothers our labor and toil for laboring night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you we preach to you the gospel of god you are witness and god also how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved among yourselves ourselves among you who believe as you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children that he should walk worthy of god who calls you into his own kingdom and glory this is nehemiah in a nutshell and therefore the powers of darkness are deeply distressed powers of darkness no why what are you you are a hireling or a coworker and what is our prayer lord get the hireling out of me get this fellow out of me chase that hireling out of me who is a hireling tobaya and you will see in nehemiah chapter 13 he chases that fellow out ultimately you, you this is there's a lot of drama which is going on i don't want to go to those things finally he chases those fellows out like jesus chased the money changers out of the temple get out what have you made my father's house into a house of merchandise it should be called a house of prayer for all nations and what have you made it was den of thieves and a house of merchandise what are you doing and what happens because he did that the powers of darkness trembled everywhere jesus did you come sometimes why do you why do you think that we don't have power and authority like that simply because we don't have this attitude jesus i know paul i know who is vijay i don't know see we, we remember our, i remember my ordination my goodness okay uh, my ordination uh, sami just can you get my mic just uh, get me my ipad it's there in my bag now just give me sorry <coughs> just give me it it's in my bag it's in the bag in the room sorry just give me two minutes please yeah two minutes thank you thank you sam <clears throat> sorry uh technology can sometimes okay sorry right so they were greatly disturbed 210 okay 
So they were greatly disturbed. So can the powers of darkness? I, I was talking about our ordination. Uh, Eric and I were getting, we were ordained that day. You know, I remember one part of the prayer so well. You know what Pastor was saying? That the names of Eric and Vijay will be known for the powers of darkness. I mean, that stuck to me so strongly because <laughs> just imagine, okay, the powers of darkness will know the names of Vijay and Eric. And I hope I'm going towards this direction. And I'm, I'm sure I'm not there yet. Powers of darkness will know your name. You know, Arcat says, sometimes when people, when powers of darkness see some men, uh, some men of God, they just yawn. You know, you see, you know, when, if, if, have you seen a cricket, uh, not a cricket match, a, a chess match between Magnus Carlsen and some other guy, or an ordinary player? Magnus Carlsen comes to his table and he looks at the op- opponent and, and he starts making his moves. Why? <laughs> this guy. And sometimes he sees another player. He's greatly disturbed because that guy's a challenge. I mean, this is, that is that is important. So just imagine, no? Today's worship team. Oh, they're just like me. In fact, I'm dam- dancing along with them because there's no holiness there. There's no righteousness in their private lives. They are defeated six days a year, a, year, a week. And on seventh day, they come and raise their hands. They lie to me. <laughs> they are just like me. And what are they happening? What is happening? Powers of darkness are yawning. And Sanbalat and Tobaya are greatly disturbed. You know why? Because one man truly, genuinely commissioned by God who has come to what? To, for the well-being of the people in Jerusalem. He has no personal agenda at all. And therefore, they are not going to oppose him. Okay. You see, you know how strong a test team you are by the teams that you defeated. Okay. Those days, West Indies used to come to India. Those days, full huddle. So what used to make? Pitches with spin. And it's exactly what Clive Lloyd and all those people said, no? The Indians are doing black magic, they said. Because the ball used to spin like no man's business, 90 degrees, 80 degrees. And you ask these fellows to go to another pitch and turn the ball, they'll not be able to spin. So, they had to use all kinds of uh, underhand techniques to win a test match at home. But the moment they started making, so it was very difficult to play India at home. Then once we made pitches which are kind of neutral and sporty, then people started coming and smacking the daylights out of us. Then what happened? Our result, uh, true color has come out now. So when Australia used to come to India, they used to yawn. When India used to go to Australia, they used to sleep half a day in a test match. Ah, these Indians. Enough. One one session is enough to get them out. Get Sachin out, the whole team is out. Finished. Over. So their entire game plan was to get Sachin out. 
now it's getting better hopefully i don't know you see that is what i'm talking about the strength of a of a, of a, of, a, of, a, of a man of god is directly proportional to who is his opposition you know who placed magnus carlsen in a world championship there's something called as a candidates tournament okay with the elo rating 2800 elo rating 2800 okay they are not grandmasters they are grandmasters of grandmasters those fellows keep competing against each other it's an eight match uh, competition and a guy who beats the candidates becomes the challenger to magnus carlsen So the strength of a man is dependent directly. So who's who's fighting against each other to meet uh, Magnus Carlsen? The top guys. You understand this? So wherever Paul went, who is scared? Devil. <coughs> because he doesn't mince words. You enemy of all righteousness. You full of fraud. <laughs> you thief he calls Bar Jesus. You who do not perverse the ways of righteousness. finished that is mehma greatly disturbing the powers of darkness can we disturb the powers of darkness like that do we have that kind of a challenge think on those on those lines okay we are not there yet but you know what you should have the standard see the standard has to be there so that you can reach if the standard is here we are better than the standard then there's no challenge no so ultimately i have to beat australia where i uh, in australia not just in australia at gabba and at perth am i right doctor brisbane and perth show them chukkal only stars then i know i have arrived that's what happened when the english team went beat them beat the dailers out of them in one test match <laughs> ricky ponting had to confess in a in a press conference the english people came and taught us to how to play us play test cricket they taught us australians how to play test cricket that's what he said ricky ponting in one of his interviews rare occurrence 4-1 they lost test series 4-1 where not in england in australia they were exposed lock stock and barrel smashed the dealers of them all enjoyed that series okay i enjoyed it more than the other ashes okay all right so sanbalat and tobaya are greatly disturbed so what is the first tactic of the enemy okay, we have to become workers to warriors no so let us see turn to uh nehemiah chapter 2 now verse uh, 18 onwards now let's see <clears throat> and i told them of the hand of my god which had been upon me and also the king's words that he had spoken to me so they said let us rise up and build then they set their hands to the good work but when sanballat the horonite tobiah the ammonite official and geshem the arab heard of it they laughed at us and despised us and said who is this what is this thing that you are doing will you rebel against the king you see what are these people this is this is a tactic of the enemy okay uh warren bsv says ridicule is a language of satan what is it language of satan it's called trash talking 
Trash talk. You know what trash talk is, right? It's banter. Not friendly banter. Offensive banter. This is this is trash talking. I remember um, uh, Boston Celtics used to have a guy called Larry Bird. How many of you know Larry Bird? Okay, my favorite basketball player. Okay, only guy I used to. I don't like Michael Jordan. All these people. These are too good. Re. I mean, come on. There's nobody to challenge them. So one guy stood up to this challenge. Uh, one bl- uh, white guy <laughs> who took the the basketball scene by storm. Larry Bird. They used to. Taunt him and taunt him and taunt him. You know how he used to answer them? He used to score three points at will. In one match, he scored close to 80 points. 65 points, I found. 65 to 80 points. Three pointers, three pointers, three pointers. They did more trash talking. He was, he was shooting three pointers. Generally, they go to the circle and they attack the basket. This guy from somewhere is just throwing the basket. It is going. So what can you do against that guy? You see? Trash talk is the name of the game. What are they? What, is, what do they say? What are you doing? Will you rebel? You know, how do you answer the devil? So answer them. The God of heaven will prosper us. It is not me. I answered them, the God of heaven will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build, but you have no heritage, no right, no memorial in Jerusalem. You know what he's trying to, what he's trying to say? The, 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 the ruler of this world will come. You should have the ability to say to the ruler of the world, there's no heritage, no right, no memorial for you inside my heart three things you don't you should say you have no heritage how do you do that when the evil spirit is driven out of a man he goes through dry places seeking rest and then he says i will go back to my house and he comes back to the house and he finds it ah empty and nicely cleaned and slept. And what does he do? I will bring seven other demons more wicked than me. And the last stage of that guy is worse than the first. And so it shall be with this wicked generation. Okay. So when the enemy comes to you, you should not be empty. There is no, no, there is no heritage for him here. This is no longer your house. I am God's house. First thing. In other words, you know what, if you, one of the enemy, one of the weapons that you can, you should have to dismantle the enemy is the weapon of holiness. Say that. Ah, weapon of holiness. I am separated. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, please. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Are you there? Hmm? And verse... um, 15 onwards. So, uh, yeah, 15. Uh, 16. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, verse uh, 14 onwards. Yeah, 14 onwards. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with 
lawlessness. What communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what has part what has what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has a temple of God with idols? You know, in Azra they make those painful decisions. They will send away all the gentle women they married and their sons and daughters that they have conceived, that they have bore through those gentle women. Huh? Because mixed children, because they are speaking not the Hebrew language, they are speaking the language of the world. For you are the temple of the living God as God had said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. Understand this, my dear brothers. It is a, it is a, one of the weapon is the weapon of holiness, of right living or life of separation, clear separation. So when the enemy comes, you said, you know what? There's no heritage for you. No heritage for you. Second thing, no right. You don't have any? What is right? I'll tell you what right is. The word comes from the Hebrew word sadek, which means righteousness. In other words, there is nothing inside the, in the world which gives me righteousness. In other words, which satisfies me. I'll tell you. I'll give you an example. I'm a believer. And my righteousness is of who? God. Okay. My vindication comes from God. If I say I'm a believer, but you know what? I should be a successful worker. If I'm not a successful worker, my life has no meaning. So what is my righteousness now? My success. Just not my work. Success is my work. Is my righteousness. Success in the things of this world is righteousness. Success in a relationship is righteousness. Okay. I am a believer. Yes. But unless and until my wife respects me, I don't feel satisfied. Or my husband on, uh, loves me, I'm not satisfied. So who's your righteousness? Your love, your your honor from your <laughs> wife and your love from your husband. That's your righteousness. So if, as long as you have this kind of attitude, you know what? The enemy has a right over you. So what is Nehemiah saying? You have no right at all in my life. Meaning what? My righteousness is from God and God only. What are we? We are feeble Jews, but we are Jews. We may be feeble, but we are Jews. What does that mean? Turn with me to Romans chapter 2. We know this verse very well, right? Yes, yes. Verse 28. Can you put it in NIV? I like that. Hmm. NIV, NIV. Yeah. If you know his will hmm, and approve of uh, verse 28, bro. Two, two verse 28, 28 onwards. Mm-hmm. 28, yeah. yeah. A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly. Not a circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly. And circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not of the written code. Such a man's praise is not from men, but from God. You know what, Sanbalat and Tobaya? <laughs> oh, will you do this great work? I am not looking for any appreciation from this world. I am cut off from this world. My praise comes from God and God alone. You have no right. Meaning, nothing in this world satisfies me anymore. I do what is right in this world because it glorifies God. So whatever I do, I don't do it as men pleasers, but as what pleasers? As 
God pleasers. You have no right in my life. You have no heritage. The third thing. Let's go back. You have no memorial. Oh, a lot of people have memorial. Memorial, memorial. I have good old days. And we remember. <laughs> oh, the fish we so freely ate. The leeks and garlics and whatever. Oh, we so freely ate. Memorial. Memorial. He is telling Sanbalad and Tobaya, no memorial. That fellow is dead and gone. Memorial is for the people who are living. I am dead. The larger reason is called what service? A memorial service. I am telling you, so many Christians are performing their own memorial service. Oh, I remember. I wish things have gone better. This would have happened. That would have happened. What is called reminiscing? Huh? Ah, reminiscing. I remember the streets of Montreal. Ha, silent. The silent streets of Montreal. Where there was no air pollution. No sound pollution. But what about the street called St. Catherine? Which is full of unsaintly things. Where you cannot look to the left or to the right or even front. Memorial. Oh, the maple syrup. Memorial. Everybody is performing their own memorial day. You know what Nehemiah says? No memorial. It's over. Gone. I don't even know who that fellow is. And as far as I'm concerned, old Vijay is dead. He is dead. And every day I reckon myself dead. You see, why Nehemiah was so powerful and why was Sanbalat and Tobiah so greatly distressed? Because they could not find any memorial in this life. What do we call those old fires? Huh? Relationships, oh, old fires. Oh, old fires, now oh, old fires. Suddenly they sparkle. Rekindling those old fires. No memorials, boss. They're all dead wicks in my life. The enemy can't light them. Finished over. That is what Jesus will say, right? The ruler of this world has come in him, come and has visited me, and he has found nothing. No, first of all, no memory only. Jesus didn't have any memories, but we have a lot of memories. The problem is that. And a lot of us people, we live in memories. How many of you had great college days? I don't know. I had a, I had like four years in my engineering. The greatest college days in my life. Great days. I enjoyed those happy days. <laughs> they made a movie also called Happy Days. Okay, for me, I was I really enjoyed my engineering. Okay, super four four years. I didn't even know how they went. But I remember, no, those things led me into certain things which I'm not very proud of. Decisions that I made. Choices that I made. Not very proud of. That is that is gone. It's over. 
you have no right, you have no heritage, you have no memorial. Can you say that? What are you doing? You are rebelling against the king. Who is the king of this world? Yeah, let the king come. And when he comes, he finds my graveyard. In as far as the king is concerned, I'm dead. I don't even exist. I'm a, I remember Richard Wumbrand when he was when he was forced to, you know, he was tortured and asked him, please reveal all your members of your church names. He gave them all the names. All were dead people's names. Dead people. No memorial. Old Vijay is dead. Reckon yourself dead indeed unto sin and alive unto God and to righteousness. That is the reason why the, the baptism is such a powerful uh, exp, I mean, just not uh, exercise. It's an experience, actually, subjectively, if you, if you will, every day. My old man has been crucified on the cross. Have, as many as have been baptized into Christ, Jesus have been baptized into his death, so that just as Christ Jesus was raised from the dead, huh? by the glory of the Father, so you should also walk in the newness of life not in the oldness of the spirit but in the uh, oldness of the letter but in the newness of the spirit but the letter kills but the spirit brings life and the words that I speak to you are spirit and life you see do you have memorials do you have memorials my brothers memorial service is for the others not for you (laughs) problem is we make our own memorial days and therefore Tobiah and Sanbalat, they yawn. So let us make the powers of darkness a little disturbed. Maybe we'll look at one last verse and we'll go, maybe next time we'll look at some of the oppositions of the enemy. We'll just look at one verse and then let us uh, stop for today. Turn to uh, uh, Nehemiah chapter 4. Verse 1 onwards. But it so happened when Sanbalat and uh, Sanbalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. I told you, ridicule, mocking. You know the word for mocking in the in the in the in the in the Greek Bible, Hebrews chapter thirteen verse sixteen. And we will stop at it. Okay, Hebrews chapter thirteen verse sixteen. Hebrews chapter thirteen verse sixteen. But do not forget. Sorry, eleven sixteen, bro. Eleven thirty six. What am I saying? Shucks. 11.36 if I'm right. Am I right? Yes, 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 yes. 11.36. Apologize. Still others had trials of mockings and scourgings. Yes. And of chains and of imprisonment. You know what for mocking? Calling you a pygmy. That is what the Greek word for mockme is. Epigmos. Epigmos. <laughs> hey, you pygmy. <laughs> So what were they doing? Sanbalat and uh, Tobaya are doing? Hey, you pygmies. Four feet, eleven inches. Ah, ah, four feet odd. Whatever. I can measure you like this. What can you do? It's called belittling. 
I'm telling you, you know, the spirit of Satan is to belittle you. You know why? Because he sees your weaknesses and he says, he, he magnifies your weaknesses. You know one guy who did that? Who belittled somebody? Turn to first, first Samuel chapter 17 and we'll stop. Verse, first Samuel chapter 17 verse 40. We look at different translations, one verse, and then we will stop. Okay. Still others, okay, for 17 verse 40 onwards. First Samuel 17 verse 40 onwards. 17 40 onwards, okay. Yeah. Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to do it. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and he saw David, he disdained him, mocked him other translations, belittled him some other translations. He called him a pygmy. See, pygmy is always comparison only, you know. Okay. You go to US and Canada, everybody is 6 feet 3 and 6 feet 2 and all kinds of, you look, you look like a pygmy in front of their eyes. Okay. Okay. When a Philistine Looked about and saw David, he disdained him for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come with me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David. It's a war of words which is going on. Another, a lot more trash talking. You know what? We are weak. We are feeble. We should accept that. In your own strength, you are absolutely powerless to handle the powers of darkness. Let me tell you that. You should come to those, those conclusions very, very, very quickly. Okay, let me show you. Therefore, what kind of an attitude we should have? First Corinthians chapter one, verse twenty-six to twenty-nine. And for you see your calling, brothers, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of this world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty, base things of the world, things so, so that with, things which are despised God has chosen, that and the things which are not, to bring to nothing the, the things which are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So why does God choose us? So that he gets the glory. Understand? Okay, that is the essence of Christian life. So let us see John seventeen, John seven seventeen and eighteen, John seven seventeen and eighteen. <clears throat> you know this verse is very well. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine whether it's my, it's my, it's from God or whether I speak of my own authority. He who speaks for himself seeks his own glory, but he, he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Okay. So, my will is surrender. And only weak people surrender easily. Understand that. So, Paul says, I rather boast in weaknesses. Let us look at Second Corinthians chapter 12 and less was um, Seven onwards. Okay. 
lest I should be exalted above the measure by the abundance of revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure concerning this thing. I pleaded with the Lord three times that I might that it might depart from him, and it would not. And it's interesting. So the even the great apostle to keep him humble, God had to put a you see that our Adamic flesh is so crazy, you know. It it is vulnerable to pride. There's nothing good in the Adamic flesh. And the only way to keep Paul humble is what? <laughs> to send him a messenger of Satan, Baba. <laughs> Believable. So he had a guardian angel and also a personal demon. Satan himself, a messenger from the... He had it very, very nicely all the time. Okay. And lest I should be exalted about the... About the again, concerning this appeal. Verse 9. Verse 9. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my... What? Strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in, in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Kya baat hai? You feeble Jews? Yes, we are feeble. But we are Jews. And we are feeble. And we will boast in our weaknesses so that you know that what is being wrought through us is what? God's work and not your work. Understand? And when God finishes that work in your life, you know what happens? One last verse and we will stop. Okay? We'll look at uh, other uh, other oppositions of the devil later on. But one last one last work, verse and then we'll stop. Nehemiah chapter 6. <clears throat> chapter 6 and verse... Um, sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, chapter uh, 6 and verse. Uh, ah, verse 16. <coughs> verse 16. Uh, so 15. 15 and 16. 15 and 16. Finally, hmm? so the wall was finished on the twenty-fifth day of Elul, in fifty-two days, and it happened when all our enemies heard of it, and all the nations around us saw these things, that they were very disheartened in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. Ultimately, who gets the glory? Well, therefore, what does Paul say? <laughs> I would rather boast in my weaknesses. I like that. No, the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. And the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. And how was Christ crucified in? In weakness. And through weakness, he disarmed anyway. Therefore, the testimony of Christendom is weak, weak, weak people made strong by the power of God's grace. Okay. So, warriors, workers and warriors. We'll consider this in more detail in the coming sessions. God willing. Let's pray. Father, I pray, Lord Jesus, so many things we have learned today. I pray, Father, we will be able to tell the enemy 
You have no heritage. You have no right. And you have no memorial in my life. I belong to God and God alone. And where we go and where we build and whatever we do, O Lord Jesus, the enemies of God will be greatly disturbed because they find in us the spirit of Nehemiah. To that end, I pray that you would bless us all, anoint us, and keep us in the straight and narrow path. We thank you, we praise you, for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.